Hello, and welcome to My Streaming Bubble, the podcast where I talk about the shows I love with the people I tolerate. I'm your TV watching and talking host, Jen, and I know I say this a lot, but I am really excited for today's returning tolerable, a fellow podcaster. Can you guess who it is? Probably, but we don't have time for that, so I'll just tell you. It's Zoe from Backlook Cinema Podcast, and today we are here to talk about a movie that has clones and John Boyega. No, not that movie, but the sci-fi mystery comedy, They Cloned Tyrone. And since this is still being recorded during the uh, WGA SAG-AFRA strike, I just want to make it very clear that if it weren't for the writers and the actors and all the creative minds, I wouldn't have a podcast and I wouldn't know Zoe and we wouldn't be here today. So thank you to Tony Rettenmeyer and Jewel Taylor, who also directed it. So with all of that said, welcome back, Zoe. It's good to see you. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. It's glad to be tolerated again. <laughs> You're a great person to tolerate. So <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Excellent. And like I said, he is the host of the Backlook Cinema podcast. Uh, we've I've been a guest on his show before. He's been a guest here uh, previously. But um, in case you didn't catch those episodes, Zoe, do you want to tell us a little bit about your podcast and where it can be found? So my podcast, like she said, is called Backlick Center of the Podcast. It can be found everywhere that you listen to podcasts. And on my show, we talk about movies that I loved when I was growing up in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And on each show, I invite a guest to the show, and we talk about those movies that you know we both enjoy. And well, normally, and <laughs> we talk about our favorite parts of the movie and we get into, into some trivia, some stuff that you may not have known about stuff that happened in the movie, the behind the scenes shenanigans, <laughs> so to speak, uh, some interesting things, some attitudes that happened, uh, some some friendships were formed and some enemies were created. If you want to know sometimes when an actor and a director never worked again, well, you find out on the podcast you want to find out a, a director that i might talk about that had never directed a movie ever again you, you might find that on this podcast <laughs> and find out why <laughs> i love the i love the trivia part because i i love the trivia i love the fun facts so that's i mean other than talking about the movie and everything and kind of reminiscing that's my second favorite part of your podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the reminiscing is is key. Uh, I love it. It's the nostalgia that gets you uh, mm -hmm. just, uh, talking about, especially movies that made you feel a certain type of way. So what's interesting, though, is that sometimes I watch a movie and it's like I get all the, the nostalgia feels for it. And then sometimes I watch a movie that I know that I've seen before. I know that I've enjoyed before, but I have no memory of it. It's like watching a movie that I like for the very first time. <laughs> People wish for that. They're like, man, I wish I could see this again for the very first time. And my advice to you is just wait 30 years. Just leave it alone. <laughs> Don't ever watch it. Wait like 30 years and then go back to watch it. And that's exactly what will happen. You, you will get those feelings. And sometimes uh, I get mixed up because I have like not really false memories or I'll misremember seeing something. So I like if this happened with Rocky, I always thought that I've seen Rocky. I've watched Rocky, I think, all the way up to Rocky Four. I, I think maybe mm -hmm. I've seen parts of Rocky Five, but not really. Yeah. And um, so and I watched them and enjoyed them. And I thought that I watched the original Rocky. I know how it starts. I know how it ended. I knew there was a fight between Rocky and, the, <laughs> and Apollo Creed. I knew I knew all the stuff that happened. But then I realized as I was watching the movie that I had never seen this movie before. It's like totally new. 
So, um, but I still enjoy it. It's still from my era. It still put the podcast up. It all worked. It, it worked extremely well. And it seems like there's a lot of movies that have like cemented themselves, you know, especially from like, you know, in that time period that have cemented themselves in pop culture where it's referenced in other shows and movies. And it's just kind of like so well known that you feel like you've seen it. I've had that right, before, too. Right, right. So I know what that's like. It's super weird. <laughs> yeah, that they're, they're really good at uh like a lot of the references are getting really old. So I don't know if they're going to, I guess some of the shows are slowly starting to update the references, but um, a lot of this, like, especially when I listen to other podcasts and the hosts tend to be older and they'll do references to pop culture stuff that happened in the nineties. It's like, man, the younger people are not going to get any of this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite all right. So well, before you bubblies go and check out Zoe's podcast, um, we're going to sit here and tell you all about the movie They Clone Tyrone. Like I said, it stars John Boyega, Jamie Foxx, Tiona Paris, and more. It's only available on the one streamer, but since they're being cheapskate, beatskate, sus, and sketchy as fuck assholes, I'm not saying their names. <laughs> um, it's not currently available at the library, but it does look like it'll be out on DVD soon. All right, so on to our spoiler warning slash brief synopsis. So what IMDb says about this movie, a series of eerie events thrusts an unlikely likely trio onto the trail of a nefarious government conspiracy in this pulpy mystery caper. What I says about this movie is a drug dealer, a pimp and a sex worker walk into a government conspiracy about mind control and assimilation. Also, Jamie Foxx is fucking hilarious in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I love him so much. So. Yeah, he kind of he slides back into his comedic roots. It's like yes. he still got it because he's been super dramatic in many of his movies or just mm -hmm. if he's not dramatic, then he's campy, which mm -hmm. also works for him. But going like just full on comedy was. Yes. Uh, it's like he still has it. He still has the juice. Yes, and I, I completely agree. Yeah. And I was I wasn't expecting I I wasn't expecting this movie to, to be so funny or as funny as it was that right and uh i don't know i i expected it to be light but not like almost a comedy right mm -hmm. exactly <laughs> yeah so all right with all of that said uh zoe do you want to go ahead and share with us your general thoughts on the movie you kind of started there but if you want to go ahead and round that out yeah sure uh the, it's funny i like it makes an homage to like the black uh, black exploitation films of like the 1970s like it looks like it could be black uh, black exploitation but it's actually set in the modern day so uh and i like the it's how they make up the 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 world that they made up like it's a real world but it's also kind of a made up world so they have like their own chicken place and they have their own soft drinks and all that kind of stuff the names of these places are hilarious the dialogue of this story is like it's undefeated it's unbeatable this you just enjoy listening to the people talking how they speak to each other and combine with the acting john boyega is is incredible it's like mm -hmm. his uh american accent is so good it's like you wouldn't know i think that's with many british people oh, yeah. but his is like and then he has different american accents yes. in in the movie right he kind of switches it up so he's definitely studied <laughs> mm -hmm. but i've read somewhere that um or somebody suggested that the reason that british actors tend to have better american accents is because they get a, a lot of american context 
uh, content oh, sure. over in Britain. So a lot of movies, a lot of TV shows, they, they get to see a lot of that. So I guess they're much better at doing U.S. accents. And oh, interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, what was the other thing that I went to note? The only thing I would note, the only like slight negative I would have against it is that it was it's two hours and nearly two hours long. I don't think it needed to be that long. It was it got a little long. I was like, all right, come on, let's wrap this up, son. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it I, was I, still I, it was still a joy to watch. I feel like I need to watch it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree about kind of the two hour runtime when I went to because I watched this a while ago, kind of shortly after it came out. And uh, I didn't realize it was two hours until I went to go and do a rewatch for this. And I was like, oh, <laughs> right, 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 right. Why? And and I mean, yeah, I think there are parts that feel like it, it drags a little bit. But I think for the most part, it does OK for two hours, but it didn't need to be. But yeah, I I thought this movie was a lot of fun. Um, Like I said, Jamie Foxx is hilarious. And like you mentioned, kind of going back to his comedy chops, like kind of gave me like, just reminded me of like In Living Color and just the sketch comedy and just kind of the goofiness and and, and everything. And I just, I loved it. So there was a bit of nostalgia kind of in watching the movie. Um, And I thought like Jamie Foxx was the only name I knew attached to the movie. I didn't know John Boyega was in it. I I sometimes go into movies not knowing a whole hell of a lot and I feel like right. I can sometimes be good because you don't have any expectations. So when I realized that it was John Boyega cuz I saw when I finally got a good look at the eyes I was like, "Oh my god." Cuz I the hair and like the facial hair and everything and yeah, the accent and his demeanor and the way he carries Fontaine and everything completely different from like Finn and and you know, the other clone movies. No. <laughs> um Right. But I enjoyed that. I thought it was nice that I went in not knowing it was him and not having any kind of expectations or comparing his role in this to Star Wars or anything like that sometimes can be good and sometimes can muddle one's opinion. So so seeing this for me, like this is my first John Boyega non-Star Wars movie, I believe. So I thought he killed it. He fucking crushed it. It was so good. And and uh, Tiona Paris was hilarious as well as Yo-Yo. So but this movie, I just felt like, you know, you got the sci fi bits and then you've got like maybe a dash of like Groundhog Day, which is kind of that little bit of repetition, same thing every day. But then also a little bit of like this manufactured community uh, and like 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 the Truman Show, everything's made up. They're being watched and they're they're the the whites are controlling the the chess pieces and it's the people in the community that are the chess piece and it's just so i really like that it's really interesting it's a fun kind of movie but when you think about like the conspiracy with it and kind of its comments on racism and like stereotypes and shit like that it's kind of it it's it, it i don't want to say it like it dampens it or anything like that but you realize there are some heavier tones some heavier themes to it but it's presented in such a like a fun way and again jamie fox is hilarious i read that he did a lot of improv uh the bloopers on youtube are great and it's mostly (laughs) jamie fox just riffing and just going off right 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 (laughs) so yeah i that's kind of my my general thoughts on the movie so 
we'll uh we'll go ahead and take our deep dive into it and do you have anything you need to just first really get off your chest something you need to talk about no not not the pressing nothing that i need to talk about i i think i can save most of it for when we talk about what we've been streaming so but not uh not anything that's not already regarding this movie sounds good so i uh like i said the performances were amazing i and i uh and like with the behind the scenes stuff tamana paris was talking about how almost like hard it was to work with with jamie fox because he's so funny and just you know and all the uh uh kind of ad-libbing improv going into it and so you see them all cutting up and i'm like i that probably would have been <laughs> so hard but also a lot of fun so it seemed like it was a lot of fun to film and I think you kind of get that sense too when you watch it that they're they're all having a great time. So yeah. So what did you think about this whole like mind control government conspiracy and then where they're putting this compound H or whatever the the drug to control them? They're putting it in, oh my God, the the fast food fried chicken and first of all the ad that plays for it. Yeah, yeah, I had referenced <laughs> oh that. God. So it's the the goddamn fried chicken. I was like, oh my god, they 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 going hard. They're going hard in the paint with that one. And uh I, I really enjoyed that. That was so funny. It was like I, I couldn't believe and I was looking for like the other ones, but I couldn't see it. That's really the only one I saw was goddamn fried chicken. But I'm sure the sodas and the, the teas and the, whatever cigarettes they smoke, and I'm pretty sure they had weird names like weird crazy names that they mm -hmm. just put on there and it was like they're really leaning onto the entertainment aspect of, of entertaining its audience um so yeah that that was so fun that what really got me was the uh the nonchalant kid in the beginning of the movie uh i forgot his name uh june bug june bug that's right and why would i forget that name because they've used it before i think they used it on i'm gonna get you sucker so <laughs> So, uh, you know, uh, Fontaine runs up on some somebody on his car. You know, he sees some, like some rivals and he's in his car. He sees some drug dealing rivals. And then he turns around and comes back around and hit the dude with his car. And the kid is like super, like unfazed by this. Like, yeah, you just hit somebody with your car, right? He just like, <laughs> man, this kid, this kid is like, because because we find out the kid is trying to be a drug dealer. He's not going to talk about, put me on, put me on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, Come on, kid. You need to chill out, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love that too because yeah, after Fontaine hits the guy with the car, and the and June Bug's just sitting there, just drinking his like Capri Sun. And he's right, like, "Damn, right. is that dude dead?" And then just sits back. Yeah, like you said, unfazed, unbothered. Oh my god, just adorable. Right, right. <laughs> and then after he gets hit, Fontaine says, "Enjoy your day," right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just crazy. Yeah, so so yeah, you find out we find out in this movie that Fontaine is a clone. And there are not the whole neighborhood, not the whole community of of the Glen are clones, but just kind of these more influential types for good or bad. So uh Fontaine is a clone. Jamie Foxx's character, Slick Charles, uh, and he plays the pimp, he's a clone. Yo-Yo is not a clone, from what we've gathered. Right. And so this idea that the government is putting this powder into things to control black communities, because as Keith, Keith, Keith Sutherland's character, because he's in it and his character right, is right. Nixon. And how can you not love that? <laughs> <laughs> 
he says it's to keep the United States united. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> right, right. It's a form of mind control. And it was so shocking to see him. Like, because you don't, when you don't know he's going to be, and it's like, oh, that looks like Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that, it was, um, I had not made the connection that this was a government experiment. I was thinking that it was just a corporation doing it because mm -hmm. it was doing it in a project. But now that you say it, it's like, yeah, this this could be a government conspiracy. It tracks, especially since that when you find out later they're they're in cities all around the world. It's like uh in, in specific areas and the, the object is to control the black population and basically uh have them um, like Tyrone isn't just a clone, but he was clone with believing that he had a past and uh he was uh, like that he chose to be a drug dealer. But as you find out, he was created to be a drug dealer. It's like he doesn't have a choice. That, that was uh, how, that's why he uh, dealt, dealt drugs because that's how, why he was programmed mm -hmm. uh, to be a drug dealer. And uh, there's really no, and as, and that was his function in this government experiment. So it was like two prong. The first was the cloning. And then the other thing was the mind control. It's almost like two separate things. And, it kind of the the plot some of it reminded me of the first batman movie so and with the movie with uh what's his name michael keaton so in that movie yes uh, yep. the joker was tainting products and, and basically killing people and if you mix the products like if you use lipstick with like lotion like skin lotion then that would you know you would get sick from that you would die from the ghoulish grin mm -hmm. and in this movie they well, basically, they didn't. You didn't have to mix the products, but they put stuff in the fried chicken, and the uh, you know, you eat the fried chicken, it would cause cause you to start laughing. They basically would alter your state, so it was like mm -hmm. you're being drugged. And then the hair product was what was the mind control, and then they had a bunch of other products that they just put into the community, mm -hmm. and like they had cereal. And they have what what was really funny was that when they discovered the underground lab and they had uh, a Jamie Foxx going around, he, he finds this giant, pile, this giant pile of powder, this white powder, and he immediately starts messing with it. I was like, mm -hmm. you couldn't, you're in the secret. why would they have cocaine in the secret government lab? Why are you doing this? Why, you, why do you got to put it in your face? Why, why is that your first <laughs> instinct is to take the stuff and put it in your face? Oh, no shit. That, that drove me crazy. It's like, why would you do that to yourself? But yeah, I guess there are people like that. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. The whole, like yeah, the food makes the people like happy and laughing and having a good time. And then, yeah, the, the hair products kind of just more of a euphoric, like everything's going to be fine kind of thing and more subdued and, right. and all that shit. And it was just, I, it's so interesting because it kind of, in a way, reminds you reminds me a little bit of like you know like the crack epidemic of the 80s and how it targeted black communities and and that whole thing and it's just kind of like it's like that but on a you know obviously on a greater in a fictional scale right. almost like historical fiction <laughs> <laughs> right 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 this is this is much more um on purpose much it's much more uh controlled um, a much more scientific approach to uh, the same thing that what you were talking about, the crack epidemic in the 80s. So this is like, we, we don't want to just put like drugs in a, in a, in a neighborhood and just, and not have no control over what happens when the drugs in the neighborhood. We, we want to have 
we want to have precise control of what happens to people mm-hmm. and and control them and basically their their goal was to the, it was like a testing ground to get everybody to think the same way and that that was what uh Kiefer Sutherland character was saying about having the united states like if you get everybody to think the same way then the people would be united mm-hmm. uh but most people was like well that kind of rubs us the wrong way as individuals we don't <laughs> we don't think mm-hmm. that we need to think exactly the same way that that doesn't feel right to us right exactly that's that's not that's i don't know that's that's icky right right <laughs> it is definitely icky just icky so <laughs> oh gosh let's see what else um so we see Fontaine kind of living his daily life and it's a rinse and repeat. And at the end of the movie, we see a character that is a clone of Fontaine doing the the exact same thing. So it's again, like you said, they've been programmed. So you've got, then they never specify these locations and you just kind of surmise and guess by, you know, like the, the trees or something, you know, cause at right, the end, right, the context. Yeah. So, cause at the end they're clearly in like California, maybe LA, and but it's it's a Fontaine clone living the exact same life as I will say East East Coast right, 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 <laughs> Fontaine, right. Um, you know, wakes up, checks on his mom, who that whole thing that was what did you think about the mom thing? So if we find out so throughout the movie, Fontaine is talking to his mom through the door. She's like, oh, I'm fine. I, you know, he's like, do you need something to eat? She's like, oh, I already ate at, you know, Josephine's or it's like, mom, do you need something? Oh, I'm watching my shows. And then, and then Fontaine hits a moment where, you know, he finds about, finds out about being a clone and the conspiracy and, and that kind of stuff. And he has this moment where he just kind of needs his mom, which I thought was really sweet and kind of sad and just just really sweet as a mom i'm just like they're always gonna need us right, and, then, right. <laughs> and then he busts in the door and it's just like a speaker right 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 i don't i thought that was one of the more more heartbreaking moments of, yeah, and that... it's like by that point you know that there's not gonna be a mom in there but i think just the way john played that scene and his emotions of you know, the anger and the frustration and probably sadness and that realization of like nothing in my life was real. Right. That hit so hard. Yeah, it was definitely a hard hitting moment. And I think that he knew as like after he found out that he would have clone that he was a clone. I think that he kind of suspected. Mm-hmm. And that's why he wanted that was a confirmation that him breaking down the door mm-hmm. was like a confirmation of what he had kind of suspected after he, he found out that he was a clone like he didn't want to believe that his whole life was a lie like i think that another part of him believed that you know if his mother was real then at least that was real like mm-hmm. i might be a clone but at least i have a mother mm-hmm. but when he goes in there and it's like they didn't even have a person in there playing the part of his mother or have a, another clone in there pretending to be his mother it's just just a box like charlie's angel oscar yes. goldman a box that just and it, it was just kind of like on a loop it was like pro mm-hmm. i guess programmed to respond to him so whenever he spoke about seeing her she would give a different excuse about why she didn't want to leave her room mm-hmm. so yeah just uh that was definitely a, a strong moment a movie in a movie and it was heartbreaking and he played that scene very well oh so well it was that was, it was such a great scene yeah, <laughs> in that very yeah. heartbreaking kind of way so you know, and then, yeah, we find out that, uh, you know, Fontaine is a clone of 
what was the uh, original clone's name? I can't remember now. I forgot. I, I have trouble remembering what uh, Fontaine's name is. And what's really funny is that the entire time I'm watching the movie, I'm going, so where's Tyrone? Where's Tyrone? At? They, they, they clone Tyrone. Where's Tyrone at? None of these people are Tyrone. That that's the other clone that was uh like the Enforcer clone, the Enforcer version. Mm-hmm. He had a different name, but it wasn't Tyrone. Nope. And then the ultimate person at the end of the movie, the the, the scientist they found from whom Tyrone and everybody else was cloned, uh, he, his name wasn't Tyrone. So it was just like, and, no. but this, and I because I want to say that maybe even the captions just referred to him as like older Tyrone or older Fontaine right right older Fontaine right but what happened is that like you get to the end of the movie and that they have the stinger at the end and it was like hey Tyrone ain't that you I was mm-hmm. like oh my god that's so it was so clever it was. I liked the way like one of the things that it annoyed me that um like the Jamie Foxx character it, it annoyed me what was this sweet something sweet bread I don't remember Slick but Charles yes yeah, Slick Charles so it annoyed me how Slick Charles when he was in the underground vault just put the cocaine or the the strange substance in his face and he started laughing but then later on when they're talking about it they go to the fried chicken place they eat stuff they're eating chicken and then um you know uh Fontaine starts laughing and Slick Charles is like I ain't never seen this man laugh I ain't never seen this man laugh and then he comes to a realization wait a minute I ain't never seen this man laugh it's in the chicken it's in the chicken (laughs) he knocks the chicken off the thing but I, I really like I said that um I, I like clever writing like that. I, I like the way how they put stuff together. I like to see characters come to a re- realization and then leading the audience along with them. So that was that was pretty clever. I love that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also great to kind of see these character types, you know, a drug dealer, a pimp and a sex worker. They're the ones figuring all of this out, you know, so it's right. like you these types that maybe are underestimated, you know, in right, other right. versions of shows and movies and in real life here, you have that they're the ones that that figure it out. And they're the ones that ultimately end up freeing all the clones, um, right. which for some re- weird reason, kind of like anytime a, a large room of caged living creatures and beings are freed, it reminds me of Pee Wee Herman and when he frees all the animals in the pet shop. For some reason, it's just like this moment of like, you got to do the right thing, let them all out. It's going to cause a bit of chaos for a moment, but they're alive and free. So <laughs> I that I just watched that movie way too many times. Also, it's, rest in it's peace, kind Paul of, Rubens. Right. And it's kind of heartbreaking because at least the animals have a have a mind like they kind of know what to do mm-hmm. and where to go, whatever. They they have a sense of what what they can do, what they should do. They, they'll go out and seek out the environment that they're most comfortable in but when the cones were released these people were just kind of walking around because they weren't programmed they have any minds you mm-hmm. couldn't even speak they were just kind of it, it was surprising that they even knew how to walk they were just kind of wandering around yep. so that was kind of sad but it was but also, <laughs> but also in that moment too because at the end and it's all different like news reports you know the different news anchors are talking about how you know like with with the glen the community has come together to get clothes for the clones and to try and help take care of them so i liked what kind of that had to say that even though some crazy shit happened it's not going to tear necessarily tear a community apart but bring them together and make them stronger and work together to be like to, to help each other so right right I, I i did like that but yeah so we find out fontaine is a clone of older fontaine and the reasoning for older fontaine's 
um, for going this route of, of um, partnering up with the government so that he can continue these experiments was all because stems from the death of the little brother, where it's, it's said that he was killed by a cop and older Fontaine does not want anyone else, any other black people to have to go through that. So his answer is genetic alteration to eventually turn them white with the exception of the hair because he right. says it's stubborn. So this whole kind of assimilation and for the greater survival of a community or a group of people, it's just, oh gosh, it's so misguided. <laughs> yeah, it seems like an extreme solution, mm -hmm. right? Because it's more, so much more to the experience than just skin color. It's it's your culture, mm -hmm. it's your history, it's uh your your connections. So it's it's all all of this combined, right? So mm -hmm. it um I don't think that uh, erasing skin color would necessarily erase prejudices because I've had conversations with people before. It's like people find ways to divide themselves. They they find they could be from the same family and yet they'll find ways to divide themselves and, mm -hmm. and have conflict or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like because there are centuries where you had just Europeans fighting each other. And from an outside observer, you'd be like, well they're all white. I don't understand. And it's like, well see these guys speak a different language from those guys and they just dress differently and they have a different religion. And yes, it's the same religion tech Technically, but they split their religion, so it's kind of different. Right? Mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> it's yep. not exactly the same. So now, now they got to fight and stab each other. So that's that's where that's coming from. So, so uh, or they'll look to discriminate uh, against another group of people. It, it doesn't mm -hmm. take much of a difference to cause people to try to separate themselves. Absolutely, and I think that's a really, really good point that I didn't really think about. That it's ultimately just almost human nature to find ways to to point out differences right right you know for good or bad it's almost like we can't help it right <laughs> it's like we want to be part of a community but not one that's too large it's just the right size and then once yeah. we're part of that community we kind of like challenge other communities though challenge what we perceive uh people of being part of other communities that's why sports work so well especially team sports especially team sports that are based on, in cities, so you're part of Houston, then you challenge the people that live in uh, DC or you challenge the people that live in LA. It's like, it's a way of friendly competition. Mm -hmm. And and it's like, you got sports fans of, you know, different creeds and colors and religions and they can band together around that. And for that one moment when they're in that stadium cheering for their team, they're like one people mm -hmm. until the final whistle and they go out to the parking lot and they kind of separate into their different groups again yep. but yeah I, I guess you're right it's just human nature to want that type of community mm -hmm. yeah so i just i thought it was really interesting because i feel like there's also like kind of like like with my mom and being like part of that older generation obviously there was there was almost a bit of like needing to behave in a certain way as to not to draw not to draw attention to not stand out um you know like my brother loved to eat like Korean food and he would want to take it to school for lunch. And my and our mom would be like, no, because she was concerned about the smell and then him being singled out. So it's like, no, you take the the, the turkey sandwich and you know, you hide your culture and, and your heritage and stuff like right, that. Right, right. And 
and so I've always kind of saw assimilation as definitely like an older generation uh, view of survival. And maybe that's how it had to be for the older generations. But now, you know, in 2023, obviously, we're just like, no, I'm not going to hide who I am. People aren't hiding their foods, you know, so much right, anymore. Right, right. People so, are a little bit more accepting, but it was, mm-hmm. I think it was definitely true for earlier generations. There were like the overarching culture was much less tolerant mm-hmm. of, of people expressing their culture. Like it's okay to have like a Korean restaurant, but it is not okay for a child to bring his Korean food to the school, especially if it's authentic Korean mm-hmm. food, not like the Americanized version of yep. Korean food. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting because it is coming from an older, you know, the older Fontaine, uh, Fontaine right. too. So it was just, I just, you kind of, when you start really looking at this movie and kind of digging into it, there's like layers and layers and layers just all underneath this really kind of fun and funny movie that has heavier topics, but it's done in such a way that you can still watch it and have a good time and not feel like you're being quote weighed down with these with these subject matters right, uh, and, and right. still enjoy it. But you can also take that deeper dive and analyze every little thing, you know, from right. like the different products that the the mind control and stuff is in to the assimilation. And then, yeah, you see behind Old Fontaine, the tanks of people going from dark to light. <laughs> right, right, like, right. That's really creepy and just really gross. Why would you keep oh, the, also, the people Ugh, in your you office? You know, it's funny. It's funny, right? Because you said that they're um, he was trying to create people to make them lighter. I, I totally missed that part. I need to. That's one of the reasons I wanted to watch the film again because you see this. Uh, it looks like a white dude with an afro or an extremely light skinned black person, and it was like, and and they keep encountering this type of person. Like first it was when it, in the, in the underground lab, and then it's like the manager of the the chicken place. Mm-hmm. And I guess those are like the the process of his experiment. That's how the experiment is carrying on. These are the most successful versions of what older Fontaine was trying to create. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, now that you now that we're talking about it, I'm like, ah, oh. see, see, I love how we can dig deeper into the mm-hmm. movie through conversation. Yeah. I was like, ah, oh, so that makes sense. And that's why there was these weird light skinned people yeah. <laughs> that, that were in charge, right? Yep. <laughs> But they they, they kind of stood out because they they had they definitely had afros uh, and not like straight hair as as most people might with that skin tone. Mm-hmm. So he had he still had some work to do. Oh, and that's why he had that that hair straightener product. That's one of the reasons why yeah. he was using the mind control in this in his hair straightening product. So yep. yeah, it's it, the the more you talk about it, the deeper we can dig. Absolutely, and it's like. Cause yeah, the first time I watched it, it's like, yeah, I picked up on a, on a lot of it, but on the second rewatch and like, you know, really paying attention and really like, you know, taking my notes and everything. It's like, damn, this is so a, did you, just um, a fun movie. This is <laughs> got things to say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you pick up on the song that they used in the church? Remember that time they went to that, uh, the church, I, it was either Episcopal or gospel church yeah. and the preacher was preaching. And then after he's preaching, the, the choir started to sing. Do you remember the song? I don't remember the song. What was Because they weren't singing the song. They were just playing the music. So if you pay attention to the music, you realize that they were playing Back That Ass Up by uh, Juvenile. <laughs> <laughs> 
that was the song. I was like, oh my God, there's something wrong with the shirt. It's like, I don't know if that was a result of the mind control or if that was just a, a joke in the movie. But uh, that was that was the uh that was so fun it was like because they 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 weren't playing all the bars it was like they was just slowly building up to it and then they when they played the rest of the song i was like oh my god that's they're playing back that ass up in church that's that's hilarious (laughs) and and you know it might have been a bit of both you know like on purpose and everything like with how we're kind of talking about this movie and how this movie kind of uses stereotypes as part of yeah. its overall plot. Like, right, right, absolutely. Right. So yeah. I also have to say, what a surprise to have David Allen Greer as the as the preacher. Right. I was wondering if he was going to recognize him. Yes! Oh, my <laughs> God. when I saw him, I was like, oh, my God, there's Dag. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I loved it. It's like, again, I think because... You know, you got Jamie Foxx and David Allen Greer, and they were both on In Living Color. Maybe right. that's another reason why I felt more connected to like the comedy parts, especially on the initial watch. But what what a pleasant surprise that was! I yeah. was just floored. I was like, Yeah, Yay! yeah. I, I, I didn't even make the connection till later on that they were both on In Living Color. I'm just always glad to see Dag when he dines to show up it's like mm-hmm. it's like it's like he's a magician it's like he, you just happen upon him it's like he just uh you're just watching a show and next thing you know there's david allen greer it's, absolutely it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> i love it and i think he needs to pop up in more things because that's right. that is fun it just makes it a delight so <laughs> yeah yeah we didn't talk a whole lot about yo-yo but i i loved that character she's always you know in the beginning she's like that's it i'm quitting i'm done and and she's talking to slick charles and he's like no you're not you know there's a reason why i called you yo-yo because you're always you know coming back and this and that but she too was also someone that you know through conversation you find out like she had dreams and aspirations her goal in life was not to be a sex worker right right and you know and i like how she she expressed that Mm-hmm. to the men right that was yes. pretty awesome yep and then you know we see like her room at her grandma's house i think and she's got like all the old nancy drew books so she kind of taps into the detectiveness of it and right, kind of right, helps right. lead the charge in in uncovering this grand conspiracy so right I, and again, she had she had the best dialogue it. also she did. <laughs> she was she was great. And I will admit when because they at one point she gets captured and taken down to the underground lab and they're going to start doing the experiments on her and they start putting the uh, the hair straightener stuff in her hair and she and then she kind of, you know, passes out and then, oh, it's a wig. And she's like, you goofy bastards. And <laughs> that was so awesome. I, I had not that. expected that. That was so awesome. That was great. That was masterful. Like there, are, like I said, there are a lot of things that I liked about the story. I love how the story put together. I love the plan that they came up with. I, well, I don't super love the plan. I'm not in favor of somebody getting shot as part of the plan. Right. right? But I, I love that they, and then they show through flashbacks that they're planning out the plan. It was like, yeah. And then the dude that the rival was rehearsing his lines. Yeah. Like, you mean that they're doing this on some, I forgot his, the, the thing he said, but they, they're doing this com- conspiracy thing. Mm-hmm. And then he was going over the lines with, with his partner to, to, so that it would be authentic because they knew they were being watched. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, uh, what you call it, Fontaine getting shot and him being brought to the underground lab. And then, you know, just causing a ruckus. So all, all of that. I, I loved how that all came together because it, 
it's the same as when um like i mentioned earlier about uh what's his name uh the dude discovering the fried chicken had the the stuff in it yeah it's yeah the same thing yeah so yeah I, I love that and then it had um I, I i wrote down a couple of the lines as best as i can remember so one is when tiana or the what's her name i can't remember her name as in the character but when tiana says i ain't got hold on <laughs> i remember now i ain't getting pro for their person right <laughs> <I ain't> getting, <laughs> So I'm not getting pro. I ain't getting pro for their person. Right? <laughs> and then uh, um, when they was getting the pimp into the elevator and there's like he was acting all because he's always the last one to get into the elevator. And they asked him why he acts so funny. And he's and, and he said, well, I found out I was claustrophobic. <laughs> like he didn't know that he was claustrophobic until he got into the elevator. So that was that was funny. And then I liked how you know, when they come to the, every time they came face to face with their cloneness, right? So when, when they're in the underground lab and how they reacted to their clones, or when it was, uh, you had uh, Fontaine and the pimp and they was talking about their cloneness. And so the pimp was like, he remembers, you know, when he got the pimp of the year at the player's mm -hmm. ball and Tyrone says he remembers his little brother, but he knows his little brother isn't real, but he still loves them. I mean, those are some powerful moments. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's like, yeah, you have kind of these powerful moments within the dialogue that are kind of during these, you know, not so much action-y or the comedic bits, but, you know, where it kind of fills in that the storyline and the plot and builds up these characters. So, God, I couldn't even imagine to find out that I'm a clone and my whole life is not real and every memory I have has just been implanted and it's not mine. Like, that would seriously fuck a person up. <laughs> I mean, I guess, I, I think I would look at him and I'd be like, oh, that's why, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe a little relief, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's that's why. That shit wasn't that's me. That's why all that, that make, this makes total sense. It's why my life has turned out. I've always said this is not the life I ordered and now <laughs> I understand why. A clone all along. <laughs> I, like, I like that. I like that alternate way to look at it, so. <laughs> Yeah, it was, this was, again, it's a fun movie. It delves deep into heavier themes and subject matters that lends to great conversations. And I think there's more that you can pick up upon rewatches, because I feel like I, I also picked up on a bit more this second time around. Um, and the writing, the performance, it it's great. Again, could have been a little shorter, but it didn't, like I said before at the beginning, it didn't really feel like anything was dragging like it all kind of fit well pacing wise but i i think I you think, could have scrapped a good 20 minutes <laughs> yeah i think that the pacing kind of slowed down real it got real slow near the end yeah yeah like the whole when he had the confrontation i mean i understand why they did it but i thought it was like too slow when there was confrontation between fontaine and older fontaine they kind of slowed down like real slow and they it, they could have picked that up a little bit yeah. <laughs> it didn't need to be that slow but I, I get it. I get why. But I disagree with the pacing on that one. But otherwise, I mean, that's really my only dig against the movie. Everything else in it was like pure entertainment. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. All right. Um, I think we're going to start towards the wrapping it up part. So we'll do our stray bubbles. Any anything left out that you didn't get a chance to bring up? This is this is it. Oh, OK, so I've been. Uh, 
we've talked earlier about Strange New Worlds. Uh, obviously, I've been doing that. Um, so Strange New World has come to an end and uh, what you call it? Lower Decks has started. Mm-hmm. So I'm streaming that when Lower Decks is, continues to be funny and irreverent. And uh, it's just, and heartfelt. Like it's, 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 mm-hmm. it's more heartfelt than say like Rick and Morty. It is uh, a joy yeah. to watch. Uh, I've also been watching Ahsoka. Ahsoka is uh, really uh, pleasant viewing. Although some of the episodes can be like really slow. It's like sometimes there are certain episodes where um, like one thing happens in that episode. Mm-hmm. And the whole episode is is based on one thing happening. And uh, I think they need to do something about that. But uh, otherwise, <laughs> I'm, I'm having a great time watching the show. And awesome. then... Um, uh, other thing, everything else is more like kind of random. Like I'm trying to do a rewatch of Deep Space Nine, but I I could go a week without remembering to watch it. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then there are other shows that I want to get back into. So there's a um Cowboy Bebop. I never finished the live action of Cowboy Bebop, and I want to oh. finish that. I never finished uh, Lovecraft Country. I never finished. Oh. Um, what was that squid game so i want to get back ah. into those shows because they're all great shows but it's like so much content not enough time that's the situation yep. that i tend to be in but yep. um yeah those, those are uh if i can get ahsoka and lower decks in i i call it a win there and you go then, um what you call it supposed to start uh are you gonna watch uh i can't remember it's a it, oh uh loki are you gonna watch that one Probably. I enjoyed the first season. So yeah, 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 absolutely. So. All right. Well, let's see. The only straight bubble I have is um, like for the movie is there's at one point in the underground lab, you see two of the white like lab coat people talking about unseasoned chicken and how boiling it is the best way and it just cracked me the fuck yeah 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 yeah. oh my god that was it was so (laughs) dumb and so hilarious because also like gross like season your food and don't boil chicken that's disgusting (laughs) right well actually i will say that i did see a technique for boiling chicken but you're not eating it boiled it's just preparing it to be fried so what they did was they boiled chicken and milk and then they they fried it oh and uh so they did that but i wouldn't eat just boiled no. chicken I, was, I wouldn't do that no. it's at least got to be roasted <laughs> yeah at the very least so. right, right, right. <laughs> and then let's see so what's been streaming in my bubble well uh also ahsoka i think we might be a little bit behind but we've been doing our best staying current on that and that has triggered the oldest to rewatch rebels uh he was already doing a rewatch of the clone war so we're getting our Star Wars fixed that way and we're getting our Trekkie fixed through uh, Lower Decks. Um, what else? Uh, almost finished with Good Omens Season 2 and I think I've, we've got like one episode left so I'm just like we need to finish that so I can move on to <laughs> other things. Um, <laughs> other than that, not I mean I've got a handful of shows I'm always kind of re-watching or on in the background but I have been uh trying to work my way through the witcher wild hunt on ps4 so i'm not very good at it i'm kind of hard to see in and so some of the writing is a little is a little tiny yeah. and i gotta sit pretty damn close to the tv but it's there's a lot to it and yeah yeah it's a big it, game I've it not is played a it, big game oh i've not played it but I, i've heard that it was a big game 
Yeah. So my, and my husband is replaying Red Dead Redemption. So too. And so he was watching me play the Witcher the other night and he was just fucking side seat gaming like a motherfucker. <laughs> and I'm like, don't you have something better to do? <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> well, it, it was hilarious, but it's oh, like, oh, you should do this. Oh, you should do that. Why didn't you use that potion? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At exactly one point, what you're talking about. at one point he's like, he's like, oh, I wonder if you can kill the wolves. And so I got off the horse. I got off Roach to go kill the wolves, but I forgot how to draw my sword. And so I got mauled. <laughs> And I'm just, you know, you're just like panic button mashing and you're yeah. just like getting frustrated. Right. And right, he was right. like, I'm sorry. And that's when I was like, you need to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're ruining my vibe, man. Yeah, I spent playing video games. I spent an in, uh, in ill-advised amount of time playing video, especially last week. Uh, I kind of messed up my entire week playing video <laughs> games on Sunday. So I had played, uh, what you call it? Um I know I played Miles Morales. I, I I finished Astro's Playroom. This is my first PS5 uh, game, actual game, instead of playing a PS4 game on PS5. Mm. Um, I I think I played Mortal Kombat. I'm not exactly sure if I played that last week. There was some some game that I was totally immersed in, but I def one of them was definitely Spider Man Miles Morales. Like I could not get off of that game. Yeah. I was just playing it. Play, it was it's just so fun. It's mm -hmm. just uh super complicated. But then when you get used to the complication, it is it's a joy and then i recently got mortal kombat 1 and i've been playing both of those so i finished the story mode for mortal kombat 1 now i'm still just playing miles morales and trying to work through my game library and then i discovered um uh my brother had a disc for uh what you call it titanfall 2 so it was, and i put it it was like dirty right so i had to clean a disc out and then I, I put it in the PS5 to see because it's a PS4 game mm -hmm. and it works. I was like, oh, my goodness, another game in the library. Oh, again. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Staying busy. I love it. So Right, right, right. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and hit up the last bit of our uh, Midwest goodbye here. And that is the six degrees of Nicolas Cage. And this is where we will get to this movie to Nicolas Cage in six steps or less. Why? Because why the fuck not? So, Zo. How'd you do? Yeah, I, I think I did pretty well. Let me first ask you, mm -hmm. how many steps did you get? I Well, I have two, and one of them is in one step, and the second one is three. Okay, I've, I've managed to find four of them. So Ooh. I, one of them, I, I think we've got the same one for one step. So the first one is David Allen Greer. Uh, David Allen Greer had starred with... Uh, with uh what's his name nick cage <laughs> who we were talking about <laughs> uh, his name is right there and we yeah. just said it that's how my mind works now that's how it goes yep so they both starred in astro boy and uh, i'll mention the second one since it's uh related mm -hmm. so this is two degrees so david uh, Kiefer sutherland was also in the movie and his father is donald sutherland obviously and donald mm -hmm. sutherland was also in astro boy Oh, very good. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Do you want me to keep going? Or did you want to use one of yours? Oh, go ahead. And I do have to uh, say real quick that I think this is a first where we did have the same Six Degrees of Nicolas Cage. Because, yes, oh. I also use David Allen Greer to get to uh, Astro Boy. Right. So I think uh, that's, I wish I had like a bell or something. Like that's the first <laughs> time like, woo. <laughs> right, right, right. But yeah, if you have more, go for it. Yeah, so the third one I have is actually three degrees of separation. So this is from John Boyega. Uh, both him and Mark 
Hamill starred in Star Wars The Last Jedi. Mark Hamill starred with Pedro Pascal in The Mandalorian. And Nick Cage and Pedro Pascal was in what movie? The Unbearable Weight yes. of Massive Talent. <laughs> oh my God, that's awesome. Oh God, that, okay. Yeah, and the last one is Two Degrees. So this is from Tiana Paris. I was actually surprised to see this, but then I realized, obviously this makes sense. So Tiana Paris, uh, she starred with Samuel Jackson in the trailer for The Marvels, the movie is coming out soon. Oh. And Samuel L. Jackson starred with Nicolas Cage in Amos and Andrew. That is awesome. Congratulations. <laughs> Those are fantastic. That's, yeah, I, I love it. I did it this time. Yay! <laughs> so not only is it a first for the podcast because we had the same six degrees, but I think also a first because for the first time, my guest has more than me. <laughs> did more than I did. <laughs> yeah, so, I had to make up for the last time. I definitely did some research. Well, and you made up for it and beyond. So awesome job. Now, when you started going on with the your John Boyega one, I got a little, I was like, uh-oh, is this going to be a twofer? <laughs> so my second one was John Boyega was in Force Awakens with Harrison Ford, who was in Expendables 3 with Kelsey Grammer, who was in Grand Isle with Nicolas Cage. Oh, okay. So, All right. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so much it's fun. Same, it's, it's the same actor, but a different route. That's right. Exactly. So, and it's so fun to see that because that's happened on, on episodes before where the first couple of steps will be the same for me and like a guest, but right. then there's a different actor and you eventually all come around to a Nick flick. And right, I love right. it. I love that man. I'm looking forward to some of his upcoming movies and I just, I'm so excited. You know, what's funny is that I was looking for uh, a connection between Harrison Ford and Nicolas Cage and I couldn't find it, but there's an extra step obviously between yeah. Nick Cage and Harrison Ford, because I was thinking, surely they must have been in a movie together. And it turns out, no, no, not really. Yeah, no, no. I thought I thought so too. But yeah, so when it when I saw Expendables 3, I was like, well, that works. Yeah. I guess that's yeah. As, as close as it's gonna get. So he was actually <laughs> supposed to be in Expendables 3. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wait, they, you... Nicolas Cage. Oh, okay. They there's because huh. like when I was looking for the connection, I found a bunch of articles saying that. Nicholas Cage was in talks to be in Expendables 3, or even that he was confirmed to be in Expendables 3. Uh, but I guess it didn't happen. For some reason, it didn't work out. But that would have been nice. Maybe he'll be in Expendables 4. <laughs> Maybe. I, I heard that they're making a fourth one. Yeah, the, the oh trailer's out, I think. Is it? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I love those fucking movies. <laughs> yeah, I don't give so a fun. shit. They are. Right, they're fun. Right, right, right. So. Awesome. Well, I think that is going to do it for us today. So I, again, want to thank you, Zoe, for being on the podcast. And again, everyone, make sure you check out his podcast. Again, that is called Backlick Cinema Podcast, can be found on a podcast player near you. Uh, let's see, any socials you want to drop? You want anyone to follow you anywhere? Or <laughs> you're just like, yeah, leave me alone. Thank you for asking. Yeah. As a matter of fact, so let me, uh, I'll put it up here because I'm prone to forget them. So <laughs> same. And, and especially since there's like a new one every week and you, you got to check it out, at least check it out. Mm -hmm. At least put your name on there so that nobody takes it at the very least. But uh, so you can find me, you can actually, actually there's a website, backlickcinema.com. Also, uh, I'm on Twitter, TikTok, and Blue Sky at Backlick Cinema. 
or on Facebook, Instagram, or threads at Backward Cinema Podcast. Then my more recent episode that it's about to come out. I'm not sure when this comes out. So maybe this show will come out by the time the episode comes out. But the show, I'm, I'm only mentioning it because it's the first show that I'm actually producing since the beginning of the, the uh, what do you call it? Um, the break that I had. What's the word for it? Hiatus. Hiatus. Thank yeah, you. Because I don't know words anymore. So <laughs> it's the first, it, it is the first episode since the hiatus. So it's going to come out uh, Monday, September 24th. So if you're listening to this in the future, please go back and check it out. It's it's uh, the movie Jerry Maguire and it features Dan from at Real Takes, or it's it's called Real Takes. It's a Real Takes is a channel on TikTok and you can find it at at real.takes. Awesome. So everyone, make sure you tune in and check that out. Um, yeah. So thank you to all my lovely bubblies for listening today. And bye. Bye. If you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to let me know by rating and reviewing wherever you get your podcast fix. Follow me on Twitter at Streaming Bubble. Find me on Facebook and Instagram as My Streaming Bubble. Have thoughts, suggestions, questions, or want to be tolerated? Email me at mystreamingbubble at gmail.com. If you want to show your love and support for this little old podcast in monetary form, search My Streaming Bubble over at buymeacoffee.com and buy me a cheese wedge. And if you want to take that love and support to the next level, head over to Redbubble where you can find and purchase My Streaming Bubble merch. All monetary support goes right back into this podcast from new recording equipment to night cheese. Thanks for your support and keep streaming.